Do you want more time? Do you want more money? Do you want more success? Do you want to really start turning your business into a legacy that you could look back on one day and say, wow, that was pretty cool? Well, tune in for the next 10 minutes to Irene Gutman and Tom Ose's podcast, Work Smarter, Not Harder. Here's our hosts now. Hey, Tom. Hi, everybody. Good morning, Irene. I didn't see the link you sent me. I was like, sorry, I'm a little late, folks. Yes, she is. Um, I saw just... it. I was like, why is Tom not sending me the link? And then I pushed up a little bit. I was like, oh, there it is. Oops. Here I am sitting here with my coffee. <laughs> That's okay. I don't have anything else to do. I know. We're all just having nah, hours right. I... of open space, right? Don't feel bad. I just did a bike ride up to Bear Mountain, so I'm just taking it easy. I love the way you start the week. I always start the week like running and you start the week biking. It's so much smarter. Um, but anyway, but I'm dog, I did dog walk and get some exercise and frustration. How's the new doggy? He's like a lot, a lot um, to deal with. And he's adorable. And thank goodness he's adorable because he's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell myself when I, I walk this 75 pound huge bear that we have. <laughs> it's a freaking bear. He's just like huge. 75. He looks, he does not look big. Uh, yeah. Try walking him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God. Well, I actually have great technique for walking. I'll bet our listeners are being more excited about that than anything else we talk about. But so let's talk about this offline. My sister used to be a dog walker. And when I do it the way my sister taught me, I have one amazing dog. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So if you, we do want to do like random topics sometime, I'll share with you guys what my sister taught me. Because we never do random topics. <laughs> well, no, we do random segues. We just don't do random topics. We do do a lot of random segues. And I'll take responsibility for that. <laughs> I actually, you know, sometimes, and, and I've, over the past, I'd say six months, we've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half, maybe two years. I forget the exact amount of time, but we have over a hundred podcasts together. You always double everything. I think we only have like 50 and we've only been doing it for a year. No, look on iTunes. We have over a hundred podcasts. Yeah. Wow. It just feels like time's flying by, you know, and you're being ridiculous. We're having fun. You know, but I, I enjoy, I mean, me personally, I enjoy because I mean, now I don't have to do every single uh, subject matter. Like we, we have this list, we have about 55, 60 topics on a list on a spreadsheet on Google, and then we go back and forth. So, you know, and then I can pick and choose my moments because I mean, my main goal here is to provide comic relief for the intelligent stuff that Irene is talking about. <laughs> You're so funny. Um, yeah, and the other topics keep creating themselves. So I was just in a meeting with two of my um, two of my partners in this project, and from our discussion, like that's going to be another topic because you know it's about what do you hire out and what do you do yourself and what order do you put it in. So mm-hmm. there are and listeners, if you have topics you want us to cover, by all means, let us know. So Tom, what's our topic for today? Make every employee count. That's one of my favorite topics. Um, not because it's so incredibly like sexy and amazing, but because the results are so fantastic. Well, we can apply it to our current project that we're working on with a fabulous client, JD Ultra Care. They provide nursing for medically fragile children. 
and we have our whole team working on it. So far, so good. They're wonderful, wonderful, and they're the best of, they're the only people, the only agency that specializes just in LPNs and RNs uh, providing care for children. So they are, they've been together for years, like 30 years, they're a strong team, such a great warm atmosphere, and they support their nurses, like, they're the best people. I, I interviewed one of their employees and she's like, I got out of school and I stayed here. That's how great it is here. She just, it, they're amazing. Yeah, so, I love them. They're great. But if you're looking for a job, um, they're, make, make them at least do one case with them because then you're going to be hooked. And um, I, I skipped out of there. I was so happy when I met with them because, you know, when you write for somebody, you want to differentiate them from their peers. And it was just so glaringly obvious how much better they are from the other agencies because they're just, they're doing it perfectly, perfectly. I can't even, I'm so excited about them. Yep, absolutely. So you can check them out at JD, as in David, ultracare.com. J-N-D. Yeah, well, the the website domain is jdultracare.com. But yeah, but the name of the agency is J-N-D. And uh, for those that are looking to sign on as nurses, there are signing bonuses. That's right. If you are a premier football player, no. <laughs> if you are a premier nurse, uh, there are signing bonuses. Many, many thousands of dollars. So uh, check them out, jdultracare.com. But going back to our topic. Wait, before we go back, before we yeah. go, let's go. say one thing. Mm-hmm. It's really thrilling to work with a business that has so much purpose. You know, the business has a sense of purpose. The employees have a sense of purpose. And the blood, the, the, like the energy, it's like courses through, you know, it's like having rich blood coursing through your veins. When you have your business attached to purpose, it just keeps on fueling you. And I just want to share that with those of you who have a business for money, but it's not really doing it for you. You know, think about that. Just think about it. Absolutely. It's not just about the money. I can name many, many clients that came to us and I could pretty easily tell if it's just a money-making operation. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you always got to take care of the bottom line. But, um, you know, and we've had clients that like are looking at spreadsheets all day and they're like, well, the numbers aren't working. I'm like, well, do you care about anything but the numbers? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's a real, it, it sucks. And unfortunately, there's very little way of explaining that to people. It's just something that they have to experience. And once they hit that wall where it's like this realization, like I'm doing things wrong, that's where the possibility of teaching alternate uh, ways of doing business are there. But it, it takes time. It takes time. We're almost 15 years into it. Yep. Uh, there is a way to bring purpose into your business. If you're not excited about it, there's a way to bring it into your business. You can change your business. You can go get a job. Or you can bring purpose into your business. So just call me off, offline if you need to know that. Let's get to our topic, Tom. Sorry. That's I, I, just I, the last thing. I'm sorry. We're on a roll today. But that's the, that's the logo, spokesperson. Um, you know, like every, every uh, business has like a brand and everything like that. Maybe we can go in that direction. I can look up like finding like a dolphin. And then we could, the, the tagline would be have a business with purpose. Oh, Tom. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Talk about the topic. That didn't happen. Everybody ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) And the entire audience cringes. All right. To you. (laughs) You. Okay. Oh, making every employee count? Every employee. Okay. So we all get, you know, so business owners start out doing everything themselves. 
and then they hire a little bit out. They don't sleep. <laughs> Their minds are racing. Then like, I need help. So they tend to hire somebody to do some stuff, but it's like crisis mode. They get a little bit of relief, but they don't have time to actually plan it out. So sometimes the um, person you hire actually helps you, but now they're, now you feel responsible for them because now you have to pay their salary plus yours and you have more pressure. So they're taking something off your shoulders, adding pressure to you. And this keeps happening. Okay. And then people get overwhelmed. Now you're like almost like a parent who has to take care of all these employees and pay their salaries. And you're still sleeping less, if anything. Mind is racing more, if anything. Mm. And uh, you might be making more money. You may or may not be making more profit. Your stress is going to the roof. So, Tom, I absolutely love, love, love the organizational chart from the E Myth Revisited. Me too. Yes, I did say your name, but yes. Um, and Tom and I love these certain tools. So that is Stephen Covey. Anyways, point is, get yourself one of those charts. Yes. Up online and adapt it for your... So basically, it's you see like the top might be the owner, then the general manager is a box underneath the owner. Then it's all the main aspects of your business. So operations, sales, marketing, finances, HR. And you just... They're all blank boxes. You put your name in all the ones you're doing, which is pretty much going to be every box right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you fill it out for where you want to be a year from now, three years from now. You might have, you know, five years from now. Do more than one chart. Um, and then once you say, okay, and, and cater it to what you love. So when I worked with Tom, Tom likes being the face of the company. He's good at sales. A lot of business owners despise sales. Tom's great. He likes to talk to people. He likes to genuinely help them and connect them to what they need. People love him and trust him. Great. Okay. But other people, Thank you. other people would hire sales because they're the last people who should be doing sales. Okay. So, um, and if I, and if I were growing a bigger company, I would hire that out because I like serving my clients. I don't like selling myself. Um, so, so my point is that you choose your ideal job. For the future, and you start hiring out the other boxes, but you time them so that each employee counts, meaning mm -hmm. they're bringing in enough income to more than pay for their salary, or they're taking enough load off your shoulders or somebody else's shoulders in the company to more than pay for their salary. Right. Otherwise, they're draining your company and stressing you out. And I know this is like me. Uh, it's so easy to say this when you're in the thick of things. It's so hard to do. I mean, listening to this podcast by now, you're probably getting itchy because you have 25 things to do. But think about it because it will save you so much uh, stress, heartache, financial pressure, um, stomach, you know, stomach stress, you know, let me, uh, let me give a, an example from the opposite side of that coin. And I talk about this openly in my book, How to Program Your Life, which I wrote in 2016. Makes a great paperweight. That's no, pretty good. <laughs> it is good. So um, when I first started, before I started my business, I was working for a web development firm out in Sloatsburg. And they were good and everything like that. It actually turned into a toxic work environment. But aside from that, I had a salary of $37,500. Now, we're going back 15 years, of course. That's what, that was what my salary was, right? right? And after, and I left, I was fired. 
I was fired because I was insubordinate to the boss. And I don't regret it because, I mean, like I said, it was a toxic work environment. <laughs> but there was pressure that was mounting. And I, I, my main job was a salesperson. But they dumped me on five or six different things. It, they, they didn't have a job description for me. So I struggled. And I, I didn't know my ass from my elbow, quite frankly. But I did what I could. In hindsight... In hindsight, I'd say two or three years into running my own business, uh-huh. I recognized that I was not justifying that $37,500 salary. I was bringing in clients. I was bringing in money. But if I, when I did the numbers, I realized like at best, at best, I was breaking even. So taking it and flipping it around to the business owner, and I had two managers, that put a lot of pressure. On them deciding whether I was of value to the company. Now, again, it's not all about the money, but every employee does have to count. And, you know, there are intangibles, but the, you know, the bottom line is they have to bring in the revenue in some way, shape or form. It's got to be quantified in some way. Yes. 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 You know, I had to give a negative example of this. There's a company that I'm aware of because someone, one of the employees was griping to me recently. Um, where nobody's answering the phone. Right. People who want to hire them and give them money are calling my friend because she's the only one who's answering the phone. Hmm. If someone, I mean, they actually have business. When I talk about business, Tom, I'm not talking about $50,000 worth of business. Yeah. I'm talking about. A few six um, figures, yeah. Oh, more than that. So I'm talking about big, big, big jobs, Okay. And you're not answering the phone. You're not getting back to people. What are you just going to throw this away? It's insanity. It's insanity. I would love to get in that company and do my best. But, you know, you're not people, you know, anyway, point is, wow, wow. I mean, so uh, uh, someone who's going to answer the phones, you're going to pay them 20, 25, 30 an hour, okay, for a job that's going to be several hundred thousand dollars. You know, like, come on, you know. Right. <laughs> What's up? What's wrong with this picture? You're not going to make, Someone in the office answer the phone. You know, yeah. back to people with key information for them to give you a job. Like, okay, that's an extreme example. So I'm sure most of you can't relate to that. But let's look at the subtle things that you might be able to tweak a little bit to make your life easier, make your employees really help you so that you can relax, have a bigger company, make more money, and actually do the same or less work. Usually it can be less work um, if you do it right. Um, and now I'm not saying you should be lazy because you're always going to work hard. Like, yes. No, working... no quiet quitting people. Yeah. No, no quiet. <laughs> I hate that new term. I hate it. What does quiet quitting mean? Oh, you haven't heard about this yet? Oh, I guess I'm not cool. But... It's all, no, 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 it's not. No, no, it's on the wall street journal. It's the, uh, you know, it's the antithesis of cool. Um, quiet quitting is essentially, employees that just do the bare minimum of what they are expected to do and just kind of like blend into the company. And now here's the problem with that. It's two ends of the same, uh, the double-edged sword. All right. Uh The job description, and I'm very big on job descriptions. This is what you do. This is what your responsibilities are. Now we always look for the people that go above and beyond, but they have to be rewarded. Okay, so, you know, on one end, it's the responsibility of the company to make sure that the employees are continually motivated. And and it's difficult. I mean, you know, especially 
typically, you know, when we have an employee, the average time here is like three to four years, give or take. So there's a certain curve. And then as we see that, the, you know, the interest is declining, we look for other opportunities. We try to make it a nice, smooth transition. And then we find individuals like, for instance, Sabika. Sabika moved on to a financial technology firm in Pennsylvania. But it was a planned transition. And she did great here. We had a party when she left. So right. you know, well, she was working there part time while she was in school. So right. yeah. Now the now the flip side of that is the is the the individual that does the quiet quitting. They're they're just trying to pull the bare minimum. And that it's important for, in my opinion, an employee to have boundaries so that they can have that well being of life, that that work life balance. But if they're doing it in a way where it's just like, well, I don't care. I'm just going to do just this and that's that. You know, that's that's dangerous for the company. And that's something that managers should definitely keep an eye on and root out because that employee is not even trying to count anymore. Right. Or the ones that, you know, there are many employees who will do just what you tell them to do, but they're not going to be a self-starter. The ideal, and, and that's sometimes that's perfectly fine. You want yeah, to that's okay too. But if you're looking for someone to be you, and I have seen this happen with talented entrepreneurs, they're driven, they're creative, they're resourceful, they're brave, they're just so high energy. And they're good looking too. <laughs> Some are. But anyway, um, they. <laughs> train wrecks. Stop, you're ruining my, don't ruin my train of thought. Looking at myself in the mirror is like, yeah, train wreck. Oh, Tom, I'm losing my thought here. The point, oh yeah, okay. So you, <laughs> they often looking for an employee to have all their drive and ambition and be a self-starter. And they hire a friend or worse, a nephew or the friend, your friend's kid or somebody because they want to save a few bucks and thinking they're going to train them. Well, you might be able to train them to do exactly what you teach them to do. But you can't train a self-starter. You can't train somebody who thinks on their own and is motivated. You can give them a little confidence to do, you know, do things. Uh, the ideal employee to me is someone who looks at everything I have to do and says, Hey, let me take that off your plate. Hey, I think you're paying a little too much for this. Let me get some quotes and get back to you. Yeah. Like, those are the self-starters that can really help grow your business. It's true. You know, that said, some people, you can tell them exactly what to do. They'll do it. So you know what you need because those unrealistic expectations can really get you in trouble. And now you're financially responsible for an employee that's just doing the bare minimum and you have all that stress on your shoulders. It's crazy. It's really crazy. We don't talk enough about these things. And we don't think about them ahead of time. And that's where a lot of stress comes in. Almost every company that's done proactive growth after starting out the way most people start out and they end up behind the eight ball, they're back on their heels. When they start and regroup and do proactive growth, they end up losing an employee or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they knew that the old employees don't want to get with the program and they're not pulling their weight. Um, and, you know, it was because you didn't make a good decision the first time. Yeah. You know? Well, there's the higher fast, the higher slow fire fast concept, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is not something that an employee wants to hear. But, you know, take one's time. And, and uh, the way that we do it over at Rockland's Web is we have levels of hiring. Uh, hiring interviews. So we'll have three rounds of interviews with an individual. Um, the team will interview them, the okay. department, the person in the department specifically, like the web services division, the advertising division, the business services division, that department will interview. 
And then mm-hmm. finally, I'll have an interview with the individual to make sure that they're the proper caliber, if you will. Uh-huh. And it's really just, I mean, my job is kind of the easiest is just trying to root out if the person has a desire for doing what they are being hired to do. And that later on become makes it easier to keep them engaged because if you're doing smart hiring, then you won't have to worry so much about the smart firing thing. <laughs> on the flip side, if somebody ends up not cutting it, get rid of them fast, you know, as fast as possible. You know, you give them warnings and you let them know. But once you make that decision, that's it. Goodbye. Yeah, but you know? to consult with your lawyer that you do it, protect yourself when you're letting somebody go. Of course. Yeah. And it's a lot tougher for municipalities and uh, litigious. I just had to, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail. I'm just putting that out there because. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I have a very close, uh, well, close friend, uh, family member, really, that, uh, you know, works within a municipality and they can't even do write-ups on people without going through three layers of lawyers. Yeah. You know, it's, I personally, you know, for me, I'm just going to be like, a, that's, that's just, you know, levels of regulation that interfere with business operations, but Mm -hmm. it's good to make sure that you protect yourself. So that's all. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's it for me today. Yeah. Good episode. It was good. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. I hope that um, you can take some of this and apply it to your business and please, please have the vision of your business growing and you working the same or less hours by being really proactive in how you grow your business. And if you need any help from Tom or I, let us know. Yeah. And you know what I could do, Irene, is I will get a copy of that, um, the E-Myth, um, the chart, the organizational chart, because that really is helpful. Irene, you introduced uh, the E-Myth book to me about I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. So yeah. the idea of each employee being really a role in the company and the employee's job is to fulfill that role. Um, you'll see, and we'll load that up onto worksmartny.com where we have <laughs> all of our materials and um, we'll see you next week. Okay. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much, Tom. I love doing this. Same here, Irene. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.